Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. You can take your Bibles this morning and open them up to the book of Romans. I'm going to read a verse out of 2 Corinthians. And we're going to kind of end up with that verse at the end. So you can just kind of open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. But in 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, the Bible says this. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Aren't you thankful for liberty? I'm thankful for liberty. I'm thankful for this country as uh, we're coming up on Independence Day. We're coming up on the 4th of July, the time that was set apart to commemorate the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. Right? I, I like liberty. And I like being where the Spirit of the Lord is. Amen. Amen. The Continental Congress declared that the American colonies regarded themselves a new nation. One nation under God. The United States of America. No longer to be part of the British Empire. And just a short section of that Declaration of Independence, the beginning of it, it says, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station in which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that we should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. I thank God for our freedom this morning. I thank God for those who signed that document. There was 56 signers ranging in age from 26 years old to 70 years old, and they varied in occupation from lawyers to farmers, merchants, pastors, physicians, a surveyor, and even Benjamin Franklin, who was a a scientist and a printer. Benjamin Franklin said this, He who would give up essential liberty for temporary security deserves neither liberty or security. If we begin in just looking over some of the quotes of these, our founding fathers, uh, this last week, there was a fire in their belly. They were true patriots. And, I, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful 
to God for the country that He's given us and the freedoms and the liberties that we have. As a country, we had our independence, right? As a, as a church, we are independent. As individuals, we want to be independent. That rugged individual, right? The self-reliance. But truthfully, as a country, as a church, and as, a, in, as an individual, we are dependent. And we have to remember that. We are dependent on God as a country, as an individual, as a church. We are dependent on Him because without Him, there is no light, there's no freedom, and there's no liberty, no matter what form of government that we choose. Without God, there's no freedom, there's no liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Thank God for His Spirit. I thank God for the freedom to have His Spirit work in our midst and in our lives, in our church and in our country. It's easy to look at some of the negative things. It's easy to look. That's, that's pronounced all the time. But my goodness, God has been good to us. And, I, and, and my desire and my, my wish is the God's continual blessing on us that we can continue to have the freedom and the liberty to serve Him and to worship Him. We've chosen this day, the 4th of July, to celebrate these things. But I can't help but think the correlation of our freedom that was paid for and bought by Jesus Christ. See, we have, we have something that we looked to that commemorates our freedom, the cross, Calvary. See, it was at the cross, it was at Calvary, Jesus Christ, His death, sacrifice for sin, His burial, and His resurrection, showing His power over death, that makes it possible for us to be set free. Many people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, you know, if you look back on it and, and look back on it, there is a, uh, there's a journey. Many times there's, there's you know, progress in that. But so many times, there's, if you ask an individual, what was the date? Do you remember the date when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And maybe if you didn't remember and write down the date. You don't know the date, but you remember the place, don't you? You remember the place where you humbled your heart before God and said, God, and I'm, you don't have to use these words, but God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I receive your payment for my salvation. I'm accepting you as my Lord and Savior. Again, you can't always remember the date, but you'd remember the place. Even in a free country that we live in, you can be in bondage. Sin is bondage. It doesn't take long to look around, and even in our own lives and in our country, the drug, drug epidemic with fentanyl and heroin, right? It's, that's not, that's bondage. That's, that's of the evil one. You look around the love of money, Uh, the love of pleasure, uh, seeking earthly things to fulfill, those things do not fill. And it ends up putting us in bondage. This bondage, this sin, 
It affects all stations of life, all stations of society. It's easy to see, you know, the jails, the prisons, folks that have lost their liberties, folks that have lost their freedoms. But you don't have to be behind bars to realize that you're in bondage this morning. You can be in bondage in your own mind. Many times that's where it starts, isn't it? The battle starts there in your mind and you can be in bondage in your own mind. This is not something that just is in one certain area. This is in the city. This is in the country. This affects suburban families. This may be harsh, but this is a true fact. Sin is a killer. The Bible tells us that in in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. But thankfully, the Bible doesn't leave us there. The New Testament doesn't leave us there. It says the wages of sin is death. Yes, but but the gift of God, free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life. And how has that come about? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. What makes us free? If we're in bondage and... In, in, in varying areas of our life, if we're in bondage, what makes us free? What sets us free? Well, the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 32 and verse 36, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. One of the, one of the most eye-opening things for me in, 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 a, in some of the missions trips that I have been on is just the darkness that has set in 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 certain societies where there is an absence of the truth. I believe that we in this country experience great light, great understanding, just because of the Word of God, the truth that has been proclaimed and put out and the freedom to do it. He says you shall know the truth. It's believing the truth. It's believing the truth that sets us free. And then he says this in verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I like that free indeed. Just free indeed. Free from what? My goodness, free from from hell, free from from the penalty of sin, free from death. We have the hope of the resurrection, the hope of eternal life, free from the bondage of sin, made right and made a child of God. I ask you to open your your Bibles to the book of Romans. The book of Romans has a lot to say about this. He, I, I said at one time, we, 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 we studied a little bit the Gospel of John, then a little bit the book of Acts. And, and in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus Christ his life and his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is the gospel, right? And then we have the book of Acts, the preaching of the gospel, the start of the church, it's going out, right? And then Romans is kind of the benefits of the gospel. What it really means to us as individuals, how it sets in and shows us the, the, how, it, how it changes. And Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore being justified by faith. I like that word justified. I don't have, I'm, I'm positive in this morning, I don't have to convince any of us that we're sinners. But this word justified means just as if I'd never sinned. Justification. 
Therefore being justified, therefore being just as if I'd never sinned before God, he said, therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is being made righteous. In other words, being made right with God. We have made our peace with God. How? By Jesus Christ. By whom we have access by faith into His grace wherein we stand and rejoice into the hope of the glory of God. We now, this is a, this is such a privilege, such a benefit for us as believers that we now have direct access to God Amen. because of Jesus Christ Amen. through prayer. We can go, the Bible says, boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. We now can talk to the Lord in our prayer life that is real. This is the fellowship that we have with Christ. The relationship that we have with Christ. He says in verse 6 of that chapter, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. And scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it shows God's love. You say, how do I know that God loves me? Because He died for you. He made your payment for sin in order to be set free. Much more, verse 9, then being now justified, there's that word we like, by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. You've heard folks say that, something like, are you saved? Have you been saved? That's a biblical term showing that, that Jesus Christ, through His sacrifice of sin, has saved us from any wrath of God, any, any of our own payment. This is, a, this is good news. We've been reconciled, made right with God by Jesus Christ in the death of His Son. It says that in verse 10. Verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through the Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have received atonement. There's another big word talking about Jesus Christ who paid our penalty. He made atonement for us through His shed blood. It says in verse 12, Wherefore as by one man sin entered. We know who that was, right? That was Adam entered into the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Verse 15 But not as the offense so also is the free gift. For if through the offense one many be dead much more the grace of God and the gift by grace which is by one man Jesus Christ abound unto many. He says, uh, skip ahead with me to verse 19. He says, For as by one man's disobedience, Adam's, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. So by Jesus Christ's perfect, (coughs) sinless life, living that out as a man and making our sacrifice for us and our faith and trust in Him and salvation, we can be, we can receive, it tells about the imputed, we can receive the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. I like this part. 
But where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. See, the grace of God is, is, is great enough to cover anyone's sin. Amen. Everyone's sin. He says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 1 of chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He's saying, listen, is it, is, if, if this grace of God is so great, is it okay for us to then continue in the things that put us in bondage? Is it okay to then continue in the things that may bring death to our life, may bring pain and hardship and, 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 and kill you know, relationships, kill uh, all the good things in our life? He says, no. No longer do we have to follow after those sinful things because Jesus Christ now in us can give us the power to walk after the Spirit. He said, God forbid. The answer to that is no. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Look at verse 4. Therefore ye are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ has raised up the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You say you got a lot of scriptures. This morning the message has a lot of scriptures. And there's a point to be made with that. That if we're going to be set free, that if we're going to get victory over some of the things in our life that put us in bondage, I think the answer is to turn to the scripture. The answer is to put the scripture in because the more truth that we expose ourselves to, listen, it is the lies many times that we believe in our mind that puts us in bondage. Would you agree with that? That a lot of times it's the things that we believe in our mind. Sometimes we'll be put ourselves in bondage. And here's the thing. When we've already been set free. Wouldn't it be a sad thing to think that, hey, I've put myself in bondage and I'm living in bondage, whether in my mind or through outward vice. I've put myself in bondage. And Jesus Christ has set me free. I don't have to be in bondage as a believer. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't have to be that way. I can walk in newness of life. As if we have a choice to make to walk after the, as Paul says, walk after the flesh or to walk after the Spirit. Look at verse 11 of chapter 6. He says, Likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as throws those that be alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And so he says now as, as believers, as followers of Christ, those who have received Jesus Christ's free gift to set us free from sin, now we no longer have to yield our members, whether it's our hands, our ears, our eyes, our mind, right? To those things that put us back into bondage, those things that bring us back into sin. Skip ahead now with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. 
This is an interesting letter that uh, Paul writes to the church at, at Galatia. And really what it is, in a sense, that he, he brings, brings about is the gospel has been preached to these individuals and they've, they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that free gift. But as they, as they went on, they began to believe in their mind or be able to begin to teach that they were made right with God or made close to God by doing good works, by keeping the law. And let me just say this, that can be in bondage. That is a form of bondage to think that we have to do all these things to please God. To think that we have to do all these things. Listen, let me just say this right now. God loves us. God loves us. And if we've accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, we're in the family of God, we're a child of God, and He loves us. And we don't have to earn that love. And to think that we do somewhat puts us into bondage. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9, he says this. But now after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Paul says to him, listen, after you've known God, after you've known freedom, after you've known forgiveness, right? After you've experienced that, why would we turn back to something that couldn't save us in the first place, right? Turn back to something that maybe put us in bondage before, that through the salvation of Jesus Christ, those chains were broken. Why would we turn back to something that didn't work? Weak beggarly elements, right? You may have heard how in, in World War II the stories of, of Japanese soldiers that never left their posts in the South Pacific. They were called holdouts. They continued to fight in their posts long after the war was ended. Some thought because their communications had been broken with a command during the war, they'd been cut off, and they, they never heard, they didn't hear that the war was over, right? There was some that, um, when they heard the news, they just didn't believe it. They thought it was propaganda. There was others that had such a dogmatic, militaristic principles that they continued to fight and some as late as the 1980s. That's interesting, isn't it? The, the war was over in August 1945. There was a Lieutenant Annato, an intelligence officer, trained in guerrilla tactics, believed uh, that the war's end, when it was told to him leaflets were dropped, was just enemy propaganda. Several of the soldiers had evacuated this island in, in the Philippines, uh, but he remained with three, three other men. They made their huts out of bamboo. They stole rice and, and other food from villagers. Um, they continued to invade uh, search parties, attacking islanders, believing that they were 
uh, uh, enemy guerrillas. Eventually, uh, these other men were captured or shot by the island police, but he remained for the next 29 years, surviving in tropical heat, rats, mosquitoes, all the while he was patching up his uniform, keeping it uh, looking, trying to keep it looking nice, keeping his weapon in, in working order. And finally, in 1974, a student uh, from Japan went searching for him, found him, and he still wouldn't believe from him that the war was over, so he took pictures with him and, and went back, and the Japanese government sent um, his brother and his commanding, his former commanding officer who was now well into civilian life, but sent him back to relieve him of his duties. That is interesting, isn't it? That he was continuing to fight a war that had long been ended. Meanwhile, back in Japan, the country was experiencing a, uh, just an economic miracle. The golden 60s, uh, in, during this time, Japan became the second largest economy, right? The standard of living was rising for everyone, education, wealth, peace, all those things. But yet, he was still fighting a battle that was over. And here's, here's the thing with us, is sometimes we can just because our communication's broken, or just because we have a, a mindset that because this is what we once were, or these are the thoughts that we once had, this is the fight that we'll always have to fight. Instead of just believing that Jesus Christ has set us free, that truthfully the battle is over. I mean, there's some fights that we have to go through, but those fights that we have to go through are simply just following Jesus. The fight that really we have to go through is telling ourselves not to believe the lie. Right? That if Christ has made us free, then we are free indeed. And sometimes you may say, but I don't, I don't feel free. Sometimes we need to expose ourselves more to the truth and then just what? Believe it. At any time, this lieutenant could have just believed it. And he could have gone home. Spent time with his family. Spent time uh, seeing what has gone on now that the war was over. You have your Bibles looking opened at Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. He says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law that they might receive the adoption of sons verse 6 of chapter 4 and because ye are sons God has set forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying Abba Father wherefore thou art no more a servant you see this this is what God says Listen, if you accepted what Jesus Christ has done for you, you have been, you not will become, 
You are now a child of God. Amen. No longer a servant. Listen, we serve God. I believe that's right. I believe that we should serve God. But no longer do we have to serve God as a servant. We serve Him as a son. Part of the family business. We serve God because we want to. Because it's fulfilling, right? His Spirit inside of us bears witness that we have been set free. Some folks, you know, talk about their salvation and have I truly been saved? Not have I believed in God because you can believe in God and not have received that free gift. But, but my question then would be this. Do you have God's Spirit inside of you? Does it bear witness with the Father that you are a son? That you are a child of God? And if you are, then you have been set free. And don't believe the lies that you are in bondage, that you are this or that you are that. Listen, the enemy will throw these things at us. You're going to fail, right? You can't make it. You can't be a good parent. You can't do this right. You can never be a help, right? You can never do this. You can never do that. You'll always turn back to these things. But the Lord can give us the victory if we can believe it and walk by faith. Look, I'm going to turn to some scriptures here in Galatians. Look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I believe that if we are to be set free, that we have to read His Word and believe it. If He says we are now sons of God, children of God, that's what He means. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul says this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I like this. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Well, that's Paul's way of saying, listen, my self-will, my, the, old, the old Paul, Saul, right? He has died. But there's a new man that lives now. And Paul says, the life that I now live. In other words, this is a whole new life for him. And he says, I now live this through the power of Jesus Christ who lives in me. This is good news. <laughs> he says in verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if the righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. In other words, he says, I don't frustrate God's grace. I know that His grace was free and it has the power to change and to forgive that we can live in freedom. Amen. Look at chapter 3, verse 1 in Galatians. Listen, he, he, Paul, if you, if you read this whole letter to the Galatians, the, the, here's the point I'm trying to make is the Galatians were free, but they didn't know it. But they weren't living in it. Is it possible for us to be set free from the bondage of sin or the things in our mind, and yet us not be living in it, us not experiencing that freedom that comes? He says in verse 1 of chapter 3, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the what? Truth. 
before whose eyes Jesus hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He says, listen, I don't know where you lost track somewhere along the way that you were bewitched or that you were tricked to believing that you begin to walk in this newness of life by doing good works, by all these things that we do. Listen, is it possible for us to try to live the Christian life in our own strength? And that's frustrating. It's like, maybe in this example of how that's frustrating is, I know I'm supposed to be happy, right? I know I'm supposed to be have the joy of the Lord. I know I'm supposed to be loved, so we, we fake it. You know, but you, that comes across, right? Inside, I'm not happy. I'm not. I don't have the love of Jesus Christ. I don't have the joy. But I try to be. You know, try all these things. I try to just have enough strength to make myself do it instead of stopping and saying, "I am loved, just how I am. I am forgiven. I am blessed." <laughs> And all of a sudden, if we abide in that mindset of what He says He's already done for us, I believe that the result of living in that mindset of what He says is already not, I love you because of all these things that you've done for me. You're accepted because of anything that you've done. Listen, we understand that we are accepted in God because of Jesus Christ. That's it. Alone. And when we that, that starts coming into our mind, we begin to abide or remember the truths that he says about us before long. It's hard to be it's hard to be unforgiving when, when we really believe what all we've been forgiven for. It's hard to hold a grudge when we realize what God has forgiven us for. Hard to be bitter, right? when we realize what God has forgiven us for. I'm just trying to say that, listen, what has already happened then will begin to come out and it will be natural. We don't have to work it up, in other words. He says, verse 3 of that, uh, chapter 3, verse 3, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? In other words, this Christian life that we're supposed to be living is supposed to be lived in Christ and in His power working through us. It's not a a bunch of you have to do all these sort of things other than you you have to expose yourself to the truth and allow Christ to work in us and through us. Look at Galatians 5. I told you this message was going to be heavy in Scripture uh, this morning. But again, I think that's where we get set free. Galatians 5 and verse 13. He says this, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be set free. He wants to liberate us, right? Um, Then he goes down in verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. 
But if you be led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, we don't have to try to keep the law. We don't have to try to put ourselves under the law. I believe that if we're led by the Spirit of God, we're at liberty just to walk after the Spirit. And He'll lead us. And by the way, the Spirit, third part of the Trinity, if we're walking after the Spirit and following after the Spirit, He'll take us higher, if you will, deeper than what the law could. Amen. It'll draw us closer to Christ long term than what the law ever could have done. I want to look at another passage as we close. This is where we started, 2 Corinthians. This is where we started, the verse I read at the beginning, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to begin reading. I read verse 17, but we're going to back up a little bit, begin reading in verse 12. Paul talking to the church at Corinth, seeing then we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Paul said, my message was not enticing words, all these, uh, he said, I just, to the point, plain speech. Verse 13, not as Moses which put a veil over his face, for the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, for their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth some same veil taken away to the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Listen, there was a veil and that people couldn't see it, see clearly. There is a veil that comes over, and by the way, that veil is bondage. If we can't see clearly the truth or understand clearly the truth, that'll put us in bondage. Look at verse 16. Nevertheless, when it shall turn, shall turn to the Lord, the heart, when the heart shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. In other words, when our heart turns to the sun, when our heart turns to the truth, when we surrender our heart toward the truth, you shall be free indeed. The veil begins to come away. You can see the truth. And the truth will make you free. If we know what God thinks about us, again, I think we should keep a right testimony toward people around us. But if we know what God thinks about us, we don't have to worry what other people think about us. Isn't that a bondage from time to time, worrying what other people think? But if we know what God thinks about us, He says this, verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, in other words, with the veil being lifted, now we can see but we all with open face uh, beholding as a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Sometimes we think as a Christian we've got to do all these things to change, right? I say, I say this. 
the bondage that we're in, the things that we face, the hardships, the things that we have, maybe focus less on those and focus more on the Lord. And I believe the more that we focus on His Word and more that we focus on the Lord, as we see His glory, we will be changed into His image from glory to glory. In other words, for us as believers, as Christians, it's good, but it gets better. Amen. Amen. I mean, really, it's good, but it gets better. From glory to glory, as God begins to change us, as He begins to reveal His truth to us, and we stand in that liberty, in those truths, it is good. I'm going to read one last verse as we, as we close. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1. He says this, Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and hath set me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. You know what the Lord has given us a ministry of? The good news. Telling other people. Setting people at liberty. Opening up the prison houses of sin and saying, listen, there is a way of forgiveness. Complete forgiveness. Total forgiveness. Yeah, you feel in bondage now. You feel stuck. You feel in, in, in prison now. But there is a way to be set free and to have complete and total forgiveness. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced that salvation, that free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, that's the first step. That's the greatest decision that we could ever make is to surrender to Jesus Christ's good news. Say, Lord, be merciful to me a sinner. I receive You as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow You. I want Your Spirit to live inside of me and I want to be led by it and guided. As believers, sometimes we can start believing the lies. Sometimes we can start believing the propaganda. And we can believe that we have to fight a war that's already been won. That we have to have enough determination, enough character to change instead of just believing what the truth says, believing what God says about us, focus our eyes on Him, focus our eyes on the truth, and be set free and live in it. And then like this verse in Isaiah, chapter 61 and verse 1, we have this ministry to tell others there's a way to be set free. There's a way to find total forgiveness. There's a way to be made justified and right with God. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for the country that You've given us and the liberty and the freedom. But Lord, we're thankful for the salvation that You've given us and the liberty and freedom and the truths that You have said about us and that You mean about us, God. I pray that we would focus on You and turn our thoughts and our minds toward You, our hearts toward You, that we can be set free from the things that bind us. Lord, You've not given us that spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So Lord, I pray that we would cast out the bondage of fear, 
sin that may destroy us, Lord, I pray that You would help us to focus on You and to be totally set free. Free indeed. We thank You for that salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.